All right, welcome again to 420 on the block. We are having a good time this weekend, right? Second day, you guys having a good time? We are, man. Yes, sir. Awesome. Uh, And this is uh, On the Couch, actually, one of the On the Couch segments. And we got a few incredible people from two of our big uh, overall festival sponsors here. And uh, we're going to talk today about some uh, important stuff that at least... uh, in the social world, it's important. Maybe not in your world, or maybe it is. We'll see. That's the whole point. <laughs> Might be a little bit with some of us. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, 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 we're going to first start off with a, a few introductions so that everybody knows who we have on the couch today. Who wants to go first? <laughs> you, Mason, you got the background. Drop uh, the mic. Uh, my name is Mason Tabert. I am a uh, partner and vice president of communications at VS Strategies, which is a public affairs firm that specializes in the cannabis industry. and I've uh, been working on marijuana policy for the last 13 years. I co-directed the Amendment 64 campaign in Colorado. Nice. Uh, I founded an organization called SAFER, which really laid a lot of the groundwork for legalization in Colorado. And I was previously the communications director for the Marijuana Policy Project and worked on uh, a lot of the legalization initiatives in Alaska and Maine and Massachusetts and Nevada and Arizona. And been working on... Thank you. Yeah, working on... Thank you. Um, bringing about more sensible cannabis policies uh, for over a decade. Sensible. And he, <laughs> and he crushes people on CNN every time they debate him. It's awesome. Nice. nice. So we have to check out every other one. You, know, well, you got to watch, watch Mason DeVert mic drops. It's worth it. My name is Tate Arnell. Uh, I was actually partners in a law firm with one of his partners. We were one of the first three cannabis lawyers in the in the Colorado. So we helped develop the laws here along with those guys. Um, through Amendment 64, I wrote the first draft of Hawaii's laws. Um, ended up taking the company public, and then ultimately moved over to Sensi Magazine, which is a magazine we're building around, really developing the culture of cannabis and bringing up uh, people of color and women into positions of power, but doing it through community building and doing it in a way that's really more together than apart. So, nice. new mission, new together. Much love, man. <laughs> uh, my name is Jamar Brown. Um, former basketball player, 10 years, uh, played professional um, in over 21 countries. Um, now I'm a co-owner of Droz Apparel Company. Uh, we're lifestyle, culture, everything in the industry we represent. Um, just still building, um, helping changing the lifestyle, especially in Denver, you know, and building, and that's about it. Yo, that's about it. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of hats, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bro. Literally, literally and figuratively. Yes. I'm uh, Richard William Guerra. I'm an associate publisher with Sensi Magazine here in uh, Colorado, and uh, just working to help leaders all over the country build magazines and uh, support the new normal. Yeah. Nice. Cool. 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 Let's talk about what's normal, right? Because uh, this 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 session of on the couch is basically about. Uh, what we call weed incarceration, right? Uh, weed, mass weed incarceration. We've got uh, lots of people right now uh, in jails, right? Based on, you know, uh, uh, small possession amounts. And, uh, and uh, you know, in the last several years, that has grown uh, with war on drugs and all these other kind of uh, uh, catchphrases that our government and, and our leaders have developed. But, um, you know, uh, the first thing I guess I want us to talk about is, is, is what do you guys feel about it? What are, you, what are your, 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 your feelings about this? And, uh, and then we'll talk about how that relates to, you 
know, the business end, but just in general. I mean, it's the prison industrial complex, I think, that we all realize it is, you know, so I think people like Mason, who's been in it since day one, you know, we're, we're looking for something reasonable. We know who the targets have been and who's been victimized by the, the truth of this criminalization of, of the absence of realizing the reality around cannabis is that it isn't dangerous. So, you know, I think we're hitting a tipping point. And it's been a lot of hard work, and you know I think a, a lot of people had to put themselves on the line for it. But you know you're talking about you, you know the incarceration numbers better than I do right now, I'm sure. But you know you're talking about millions of people in jail for a plant, and you know I just saw the other day that the Philadelphia district attorney just made a issued a memo to his people stating that he was going to cease punishing all marijuana crime no matter nice. the weight, which I thought was pretty profound. Okay, you know so they've been mad at me for a long time. Do so that too? I think they might. Yeah, yeah, the DAs in San Francisco and San Diego mm -hmm. came out and said that they're going to be retroactively um, uh, removing certain types of, of uh, misdemeanors off people's records. So, unfortunately, we haven't seen quite that happen here in Colorado. They've made it a little easier to get records, uh, you know, expunged and whatnot. But uh, it's definitely still a problem. I mean, I think one really important thing is, and I don't want to you know, crap on the on the topic, but it is important to like, just to look at this, uh, to be realistic about it. Um, you know, there are certainly people going to prison and jail for cannabis, but uh, it's actually like roughly, the, the estimate is about 40,000 people in the country are in prison or jail for uh, a cannabis related offense and only about half of them were for cannabis only. So it's 20,000, and I'm not trying to minimize it or marginalize, you know, I mean, I think it's one is too many. Um, but, you know, I think one of the problems is that, like, if, if we have the conversation and we use, like, any sort of hyperbole or, you know, exaggeration or, you know, it's, it's easy to get swept up in, in, in this, it then can result in, you know, the other side saying, well, actually, there's no one in, you know, they're, they're lying, they're full of crap, you know, there's only, you know. I mean, in Colorado, uh, I know in 2012, there was like 127 people uh, in the Department of Corrections system for a marijuana offense. So, you know, I'm not saying it, it's not a big deal. It is, but it's not necessarily always prison or jail. It's, you know, people having a criminal record and people losing their housing and people jobs. losing their jobs yeah. and people, you know, all these other uh, um, types of, of collateral penalties you know and so it's important that we talk about like all these things and, and of course a lot of it can be people who are on parole or probation mm -hmm. and you know that is something you know get a hot ua and they go back yeah, mess it up. Yeah, and it's a social jail in that way you know so that the idea of a physical bar may not be the reality but the reality is there is a social, social prison and a construct built around it that prevents so much from occurring you know big and issues on drugs is, is, is on more than just cannabis as well Oh, we yeah. could even get, I mean, you want to take those numbers in a different direction if we're talking. Yeah, I mean, pretty Colorado, much any other sure. narcotic that people are getting. In Colorado, of drug felonies, only five percent are related to cannabis. So, I mean, the mass, the vast majority of them are methamphetamine, crack cocaine, or heroin. Yeah, and I mean, it's still shitty. I mean, for people right. to be going no, to they, prison or going to jail for low-level possession, violating your probation yeah. for a UA or whatever, yeah. you know, you probably just need that. 
just for medical First wise or but you know. the other the other and I don't want to want to want you all to get you a chance to you know say what you want to say. But isn't it another point is that uh, uh, entry uh, a lot of law enforcement uses weed as yeah. entry to get into yes the gateway arrest gateway arrest right yeah yeah so and then yeah the the First offense, like nonviolent, those kind of things. I mean, that, that are, I think those are those need to get looked at as well, for sure. Yeah, but some first offense, like I got a friend who just first offense, straight and arrow, played basketball and everything, mm-hmm. and just first offense and had to do five years. Well, I should also say it depends where you're at. Right. If you're in Colorado, it's a lot different than being in Oklahoma. No, right. was, he, yeah, you're right, because he was somewhere else. But just for him, just to never killed nobody never done nothing yeah, but at weird. the same time like five years of your life and then it's gone and then you come back into society or whatever you want to call it and then you got to get a job and everything and that's hard it just puts you right back out that the record way. isn't to play with yeah because yeah, so yeah, uh, i mean are, are most of those offenses uh, felonies i mean isn't any uh in colorado is any offense relative to uh, carrying i mean before now Colorado was actually yeah, not terrible. I mean, since 1975, possession, you know, in 75, possession of up to an ounce became a, a class two petty offense, which was uh, a maximum $100 fine, no time in jail. But, you know, unfortunately, while that was. Got one of those offenses. Was benef- like, while that was obviously <laughs> better than <laughs> being in Kansas or what have you. I mean, it, it oh. just, you know, we, we would see, we'll see prosecutors say, oh, it's not a big deal. I mean, it's just a $100 fine. Right. It's just, you know, it's like, well, if it's not a big deal, Until you and it's just a $100 school. fine, why are you fucking fine in the beginning? Like, why not? Like, uh, so. And, and ultimately, it's a matter of punishment. And, and one of the things that we really highlighted uh, building things up toward legalization in Colorado was the effect this has uh, in terms of, like, culturally in terms of steering people towards drinking versus using marijuana i mean like look at every college student in the state you know they're being told that hey if you go to the frat houses and drink or you want to have some beers in your dorm room worst case scenario you might have some community service or you know whatever but if you get caught smoking weed then you're going to get expelled or you're going to be evicted from your dorm or all these serious penalties and it's like conditioning people to think marijuana is bad i will be punished I can go ahead and drink as much as I want, and you know I'm not against alcohol by any means, but it's a much more harmful substance. And what's amazing, he st- he has a now ancient book that's still relevant that now discusses ancient. that. 2011 was a lot of time. Hey come man, on, come on, like, seven like, years, you know. Right, so I, this is my first time reading this. Book. So Read book? this. Uh, marijuana is safer, so why are we driving people to drink? And it came oh, out in 2009, and then we had a, another uh, uh, edition <laughs> come out. Actually, 2014 or 13. It's right after Amendment 64. Uh, but really just highlighting this this notion, like this concept that you know, marijuana is objectively less harmful than alcohol, yet we have laws and policies that steer people away from using marijuana and toward drinking instead, which causes far more societal harm. And, you know, if there's a person who's prone to becoming violent or aggressive when they get drunk, everyone knows that person. Like, we all know... There are people like that, so you know. Drink. Why can't they? they why yeah. can't they use marijuana? Like, why do they have to drink? And this book is such a great book to help disarm. You know, if if you're somebody that is interested in the idea and exploring the concept, and you get it, this book is a 101 that takes you through. To, it was, it's above a 101, but it's a it's a comprehensive way to disarm this conversation that people have had around alcohol versus cannabis. And it really lays the platform and shows kind of the absurdity that we all deal with, and we all know is the reality of of this conversation, you know? Well, you, 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 uh, you bring up a point as a social scientist, and I'm a culture, I'm a, uh, I have my PhD in, in 
and social psych. And, and uh, you know, the, when we think about these um, uh, frameworks or ideas that we, we create and how people play into them, like, uh, you know, the, the uh, ideology in general, mass incarceration, mm -hmm. point that's being brought up a lot in oh, yeah. sociological uh, debate is, you know, at what point do we socialize people to believe that it's okay and that it's a part of life that their father is going to be incarcerated? Right? When you have states uh, like Alabama with it as their number one industry, yes, you know the prison right. industrial complex just converted it's slavery. Chills, you know? Yeah, and so uh, are, are we? Are, I mean, you're bringing up the point. I mean, at what point do we socialize people to to believe that this uh, plant that's been around for four thousand years and has helped? <laughs> us to, uh, to heal ourselves and has, has become an economic uh, uh, assistance and, and a, a means to getting people out of the ghetto and doing right. things like by creating companies not illegally getting people out of the ghetto but legally, you know, right. things like I'll, I'll creating, yeah, um, uh, you know, and, and, and creating a culture or a mindset that that's not the way to go. I mean, how do we kind of combat that? What do you, what do you, what do you guys think? Just, okay, just say somebody come out of the, like, there's a lot of people in this industry that cannot work in this industry. So if you catch a case or whatever for whatever you've done and that's not in the industry, but you, you're, like, growing or whatever, but these people can't get jobs right. in the, the industry, which I think is just, if it's a felony or not, I just don't think it's fair, like, Bring them in the industry where they're comfortable at, give them a job, let them do a system or whatever where it'll build up and try to um, get that off your record too. Just working in the industry or whatever, which I don't know, you just gotta be consistent. No, taxes, stability, yeah. all that stuff is important. It's, it's, it's hard for people to have a felony or whatever, or sometimes even a misdemeanor, and get a regular working job. It's like, it's impossible. And I think corporate responsibilities become more relevant in that yeah. regard, you know? It's like, if, it, if you really want to change the dynamic, then you need to make it your mission to hire the people that have been impacted by these certain dynamics. You know, I think gender plays a different role than race does in that regard when it comes to cannabis, but gender's always been relevant with regard to all economy, right? But then you plug race into it as well. So if your company really cares about that, you focus and dedicate yourself to finding leaders that are in those positions where somebody says, look, I have a case, and so what is it? <laughs> so action. we, you do what <laughs> we do. Yeah, go be good at what you do, you know? So I think there is, and I think we're seeing that more in this industry than we've seen in other industries. You know, I, th I think in the, in the construct of, a, of a, what is now an established and growing, you know, the fastest growing industry in America, I think there is a, you know, there is a corporate dynamic that we're seeing socially that is plugging into that. It's not all going to be there. We got Wall Street, you know, we got guys that don't care if, you know, you're a robot selling it. But I think there is, you know, there's a lot of people that came in from the other side and that are focused on building that, on that dynamic. And that happens through events and community and, you know, what the company does and how they face the world. Nice. And I, I mean, that, that's really, to me, important because, uh, I mean, I'm about, I have the foundation, uh, the foundation of, uh, foundation ministry of life, life uh, meaning limitless ideas and free environments, and we're about freeing people of limitations mm. in, in society. And uh, that the, the community piece is really important. Um, uh, but 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 do what, do we see all of the all of the industry sectors of the industry coming together to say hmm, how can we actually support people who have felonies and creating uh, uh, situations that will help them? I mean, 
right? Let's do it. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. 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 Some felonies to me are a badge of honor, you know? I mean, in truth, with my company. Okay. It's like, it's not like we're chasing people for felonies, but it's like if you have a felony, it's, you don't have a, (laughs) there's not a red flag if your felony is for growing cannabis. It's not a red flag if your felony is for selling cannabis. You know, it's like, what do you do? What uh, what what is his name? Who's rapping? I just said Uncle. Um, Uncle Mo. Uncle Mo. This is what he said: If a rich man sell it, he could settle for life. If a poor man sell it, he's seeing the life. Right. Like you're right. never getting out, but you know that's yeah. the levels to it. Mm-hmm. So how do you? How do we break that down? How, how do you break that, that down? Right. And, yeah. And make it to the point where. Right. But then you go to these communities and you gotta you gotta educate. Yeah. And that's the that's way you start. Well, that's what we're here for, yeah, right? right? This podcast is going to go out yeah. uh, after we finish here, and we're, and we're trying to make sure we get 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 that out there. So, I mean, uh, how can a we sixty minute segment, to, maybe? Uh, a sixty minute segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I saw something like that on CBS yesterday with women in the industry. Okay, nice. I was just watching it yesterday, so I mean, that could be the next thing they do. Oh, we'll, we'll get Mason on we'll it. this anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's there's some states, you know, California, uh, Maryland. Um, that are adopting right. laws that they're specifically yep. setting aside licenses yeah, so. for, you know, minority business owners, yep. um, and you know, trying to at least level. I don't want to say level the playing field because I don't consider session. that necessarily right. making it level. But it is reparations but to make it in a more level. You know, you know, reparations. Yeah. And it's a word people don't want to use in this country, but reparations is really what we're dealing with. And you know, people want to act like there wasn't slavery, and they want to act like slavery just ended, and we're 40 years, you know, released from what they call was the end of slavery. But then we created it with the prison. Yeah. So you've got the prison industrial complex. You've got that dynamic of you know, I grew up in this in those hoods. You know, I was just a white kid that got to witness it. You know, a brother doing life. I saw all this I stuff, so yeah. So you know, it's it's. Uh, I saw how easy it was for me as the white kid. I drove, you know, because I wouldn't get yeah. pulled over. And that, you know? I, I think that also brings up. You know, I had a conversation with uh, someone who was supposed to be my co-host about privilege coming from a privileged place, and uh, thinking that it's it's really easy structurally for <laughs> right. you to yeah. think that just you go know, to school. I, you can <laughs> light up here. And, uh, and 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 a police officer is going to look at you and might say, "Kind of put that out," you know? right? Or versus you know myself or someone Getting else that out of has a car. more pigmentation, you know that might that's not how the officer is going to nope. react. I mean, people are getting shot. That's a part know, of the right. yeah. in, in their blood. So I mean, in their skin. So you know, uh, there is a structural yep. thing that we have to to deal with here. Yeah. And as companies or you know people who are creating, you're, you're involved with situation you know um you know what's the best uh avenue to you know temper that structure practice what you preach you know yeah like you're saying uh hiring people yeah yeah Yeah, i mean it's the first route you know maybe some psas i don't know something about educating everybody because if everybody gets educated that this is something that i mean for like we can understand for since what we do is we we sponsor the minority (laughs) cannabis business association with free ads we give discounts to people of color we give discounts to women owners and people of color owned businesses you know we stand up where we have to stand up. We don't do events in spaces that suddenly look like they're culturally, uh, you know, have a, have a, yeah, exactly. Have a, have, a, have a cultural discriminatory practice, you know? Even if it's related to music or things like that, you know, it's like we, can, we won't support that. So it's really, you know, sometimes you lose money over things like that, but you gain the foundation of community love that I think we all need to really burn through this stuff. And it works. You know, you it works. I, 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 I think, and personally, I think that I've seen some 
uh, situations as that's why I found the foundation, right? That mm. if we can, if people can have resources and they can uh, have a place to go where they know that those resources are going to be on this uh, uh, for their best interest, it's 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 good. Right. But let's get on the other side of the couch too, and know that you know there's uh, there's places Jeff that Sessions. want to kind of you know um, capitalize off of you know capitalize off of. Uh, Capitalize Just lost of, pressure in the cabin for a second. Yeah. So, right, yeah. How, I mean, what do you guys think about in terms of how do we, as industry, right, uh, to come together to attack that? I mean, uh, there's, you know, we're talking legal here. You know, I, I'm a believer that we can change structure by actually having the people take back over. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, the people need to basically say, we're not going to go for this criminalization anymore. Uh, or stigmatization things specifically, but how can they band together to create legislation or actually change laws? Because we also know that, let's face it, there's big pharma in the pockets of uh, you know, our government and, and not just in different it's, it's one of my biggest frustrations, you know, that the people that will attack someone, like, you know, you have your street level activists to yes. categorize it and you've got sophisticated, <laughs> I'm not calling them unsophisticated, but you have the Masons. And you have the fighting within. Quit the infighting and realize our common enemy is Jeff Sessions. There you know? And for me, it's like until a guy like Jeff Sessions is out of the way, we're still, <laughs> I still more share more common interests with them than go. I do Jeff Sessions. So don't spend time fighting each other. You know? Be the best you can. If uh, one person is oppressed, we're all oppressed. Right. So yeah, and I believe that. I believe that. I, was th I thought he was going to say something. I was like, waiting. I was like, let's come together, <laughs> stay consistent. Say that again. Come together, stay consistent, and change. Change within time. So it's going to take time. But I think there's a lot of good people out here in Denver. Uh, I'm not originally from here. I'm from L.A. But like, That's it's, hand warmers. It's, it's diverse here, and I really like that. There's just some places where you can't ever have a conversation like this or where right. I'm from. You have a conversation like this, they're automatically, what are you talking about? Yada, yada, yada. But then I got to educate them yeah. and keep mm -hmm. educating them until they come on over. I'm not saying I'm going to do it in a day, no. but you keep staying consistent. Well, I, 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 oh. yeah, I was going to say, um, we talk about being vanguards of the culture at Sensi Magazine, and I think that we need people in politics, people in government, yeah. more and more. And I'll keep a comment that are also able to hold that banner up, you know. Uh, my friend Kayvon here in Denver, uh, running for mayor, he's, he's got that so far from what I've learned, you know, nice. he cares about that, you know, so I want to hear about that in every city. Well, let's know. get him on the couch. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it, it's, you know, a matter of, uh, I mean, I'm a, I work in communications, that's what I do for a living, and I think that, that that is what we did in Colorado, was really try to you know, foster a public dialogue about cannabis, and, and specifically, our goal was to talk about its the fact that it's relatively less harmful than, than alcohol, and to you know, reach people who may not know as much about it. All they know is what they've heard. I mean, if you think about like you know, people who are 50 years, you know, or even 30 years and older, 40 years and older, like for the first 30 years of their lives, 40, 50 years of their lives, they only heard bad shit about marijuana. Like they only heard negative stuff, like, mm -hmm. at least for, when it comes to authorities, like, they, you know, heard, you know, they read bad news stories about big busts, they, you know, 
heard about people going to prison. They heard about criminals. They heard about, you know, they saw the D.A.R.E. program. It was always mm -hmm. negative, 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 right. negative. Well, yeah, I was going to mention that at the beginning. And, you know, it's yeah. just that in the last, you know, last 25 years, 20 years, um, we finally started to have more of a positive conversation around it. And, of course, there's the, the health benefits, with, you know, the medical benefits. Um, when it comes to industrial hemp, there's the environmental benefits, of course, the economic benefits. You know, all these things that are a, a positive, just, you know, side of it and not just a negative. And, you know, people need to hear it over and over again. And they need to hear it in a way that they can relate to and they need right. to hear it from people they trust so you know like how many times have you been handed a flyer and you're like oh my god i'm gonna change the entire way i'm thinking <laughs> because right. this is so well written like right. it doesn't happen that way it happens because like your brother-in-law says you know i feel really strongly about this like have you ever thought about mm. this and this and, and you know someone who you care about actually makes you think about time, it and you know that's what is going to ultimately break people down who are you know opposed to cannabis or legalization that, you know yeah that carry over in sports too because it was a time where yeah. i wouldn't post nothing or anything yeah. and i got friends that's in the league or whatever where it's to the point where even with my company is draw on there and just because they're affiliated with these leagues or whatever and what the perception of what people think they won't wear it mm -hmm. and i'm just like i get it because i play sports right. on ig i post everything for my company or whatever like i'm 100 percent in but before when i was playing you really couldn't do that because you got people watching you. That's right. Totally. You got I, was an NFL, yeah. I was an NFL agent for years. Yeah. I was a general counsel for yeah. one of the biggest firms in the country. And it's, but now, like, with the CBD, marijuana, and everything passing over, like, it's going to come, it's going to become legal. And, yeah. like, you got – all these players are smoking. And then you got Al Harrington, Kenyon Martin, and now Al Harrington got Many. a farm and everything. Yeah, and now funny. more players are coming out. Most are retired, but that's good. That's where it starts. Yeah. And then it – like um, David Stern said, uh, they should legalize marijuana in the NBA. The old commissioner. So it's only time. And the NBA doesn't test for it even. Yeah, you know, they it, just it, you have to get right, yeah, yeah, the NFL, you, have you know when like you're getting tested. Fourth within six the fourth, months of the right. or something. Yeah and, yeah, and you really just like. Oh, okay. But it shows okay. you the social dynamic they're playing to. And the NFL yeah. is the same. They're basically, the NFL is basically like, we are going to test you for weed on this tape. Yes. If you don't want to test positive, don't do it. Yeah. this is when you're going to get tested. Yeah. We're not saying you smoke it, but, they go let but you now know. there's big discussions in the NFL. You know, there's there's a lot of action happening around that stuff. So. I wish it was the NCAA. No, <laughs> no, right? But, but, All of it. And then now, um, like, couple Broncos on wore my apparel and I'm talking on a team plane after the game and I'm just like okay we're breaking through mm -hmm. but it's just that they got to get the knowledge and everything but at the end of the day you have a contract you got to protect your brand and your business yeah. you got a family and everything but it's, it's, it's crossing over yeah yeah, yeah. It's the social dynamic that's, that's good to uh, so it looks like we are out of time, brothers, and we got a couple more minutes left. So let's see if we can get one last kind of uh, round. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask him a question. I just saw this. Um, I was kind of surprised by the Chuck Schumer thing yesterday. I guess it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was kind of surprised by the the, um, the surprised by a lot of moves as well. But so the you know this mm -hmm. happened. I just kind of don't know exactly how I'm supposed to feel about that. Is this like really optimistic? Is that like how I should be? Uh, yeah, I mean things are definitely happening at the you know the federal level, and support's been growing. And you you know we've really over the last 
couple years had more of a, a congressional gridlock issue than mm -hmm. a lack of support. I mean, it's hard to, to know exactly where we years, be. ten years of that. Uh, it's been a while. On a, on a, yeah, like what the whip count would be right now on on some of these bills. But Probably. you know, the last time that that there was a, a floor vote um, on measures that were intended to protect state marijuana laws, I mean, we saw solid support. Um, that would be the, what's known as the, the Hinchy or the Rohrbacher Red Farm. Far. Used to be the Hinchy Rohrbacher, now Rohrbacher Farm, now Rohrbacher Blumenauer. But the measure that, that prevents the federal government from interfering in state medical marijuana laws, that has, you know, it's just included in the budget now as being something that, that is widely supported. They want to expand that, and we haven't, you know, it hasn't been that there isn't necessarily enough support in Congress. It's that Congress doesn't really get anything done and they're all fighting <laughs> right. and like you know you've got these procedural issues i mean all it takes like look at medical marijuana in the senate you know like mm -hmm. like uh you know chuck grassley um has prevented any sort of hearings or votes on the carers act in the senate so it's yeah. not necessarily that we know that this you know u.s senate is opposed to medical marijuana we know that this one guy is is holding things up so hopefully now that we're seeing leadership you know you mentioned mcconnell on with the hemp bill um, and then, uh, of course, Schumer, and then Cory Gardner from here in Colorado. That's great. He's a Republican party. who's really gotten yeah more involved. So things are hopefully. Yeah, I'm glad it's you moving. addressed it's that because uh, we had a session earlier with the uh, gubernatorial candidate in here, and uh, you know, he brought up Schumer, and I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a skeptic. <laughs> you know, I've seen a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Promises made. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's the activity and who it's from, but. Yeah. That's good. Yes, that's top leadership. So anyway. sure. that's yeah. Well, I, I guess uh, we should say thank you very, very much uh, Appreciate for it. Thank you. joining me here on the couch, all of you guys. I think this has been a very, uh, you know, enlightening conversation. And uh, also thank you both of uh, you know your companies, uh, Drew Life uh, and Sensi Magazine. I'm, I'm aware. There you go, double up. Showing that looking nice. For, for those colors. Uh, 420 on the block and uh, we have a couple of other sponsors and so make sure you guys say what's up to those guys who sponsored the actual oh, no. education and advocacy program sure. making sure that we got some 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 knowledge dropped to need that via strategy gear and man we got uh the hemp <laughs> heel so make sure you walk over to the hemp and heel lounge okay. and say what's up to okay yeah, I gotta Joanna, check who, who brought us this uh we also have kgnu who's uh supported us by doing some uh promotion uh talk launch giving us some equipment to kind of be able to do this. Uh, uh, we had a Spectra Art Space, who's also uh, done some things. Um, we also uh, have, uh, for the Foundation of Life going on uh, today and tomorrow, a uh, auction of six goddess paintings. And I don't think we have one right now with us, but we've got. <laughs> but we, we have six artists who have uh, worked on uh, off, uh, goddess paintings, which to, to help under people understand the connection between the the plant and the planets and the mythology and uh, we'd love to have you guys tell all your friends to do some bits over there very cool. all right. as well. Thank you. Thank you, very much. Yeah, thank you very much. Awesome.